Hi, I'm Maya. I'm an executive coach and researcher. Welcome to The Golden Hour, the podcast focused on elevating your career whilst also nourishing your well-being and relationships. From career transition, job crafting and getting promoted to physical, mental and digital well-being, I've coached hundreds of leaders and researched these topics. There's no one size fits all here which is often why there seems to be such a big gap between what we know and what we do. But by using evidence-based approaches to help you think deeply about your priorities and habits, we can close that gap on the things that matter the most. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of The Golden Hour. Last time we talked about morning routines and before that the coffee ritual. So I've spent a bit of time thinking about that setup of possible golden hours and how they might look. And now I want to shift the focus to more relational matters. So when I was setting up the introduction to the golden hour, I talked about the three domains of self, work and relationships. And I would say we have focused on work um, throughout this podcast so far. And perhaps the last two episodes had a little bit more of a focus on self as you think about those personal rituals and personal intentions for your mornings. And now I would like to move to another theme that comes up really frequently in my coaching. And that is around the theme of organizational politics. And when I think about why I'm doing this podcast, it is often because over the years I have noticed the same recurring themes. So one huge area was executives and leaders struggling to find that time in their day for strategic work. And that has fed into this concept of the golden hour. And it is probably quite rare that I have coaching conversations where we don't at some point discuss people's golden hours or strategic time. Another area that almost without fail comes up is the notion of the system that you're part of and organizational politics. It can have lots of different names, but ultimately it is the idea that we all exist within systems and to really get the work that we want done is not just going to be about doing the tasks. It's going to be the way we operate within those systems and our relationships within those systems. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And how does this relate to golden hours? I would say that as you're hopefully now really establishing golden hours in your weeks, you might wonder how to spend that time. So, you know, you've got your schedule, you've got your planner, you know, you've improved your mornings, you've got your ritual, you sit down at your desk and you think, right, what am I? Oh, sorry. And you also, you've got your goals. You sit down at your desk and you think, right, what am I going to do with this hour? Well, one of the great uses of this time, especially if it's strategic time, is to do a little bit of systemic thinking or relational thinking. And that has another name, which is organizational politics. 
And sometimes I think the name alone is what makes people really sort of disconnect from the concept because they think of it as a dirty word. They think of it as something which, you know, they can, they will avoid if they can. And the only people with compromised morals engage in. The reality is that organizational politics is just the way that things get done in the workplace. And if we choose to completely disengage from them, I guess just like if we completely disengage from real world politics, then we don't have a say and we have to just receive the decisions that are made rather than feeling like we've been able to contribute to them. So it, it has a similar disenfranchising effect. I think when it comes to organizations, the rewards for engaging in, in positive ways in organizational politics can be absolutely huge. And I think they are often underestimated, certainly by my very task-oriented clients, they are often underestimated. So very typically, I will be coaching leaders in organizations who will have arrived at their positions through demonstrating really high performance, really high good results, and very strong competencies and capabilities when it comes to delivery of work. And often when we're working together, they're really undergoing that shift from being task-based to being people-based and relationship-based. And this will come more naturally to some than others. So that's the starting point, you know, is where are you in your balance of task-based work versus relational work? And a little bit like last time, I would like to ask you if you think you're currently doing enough on the relational elements of your work. And, you know, I've got a sense, you know, of who some of my listeners are because they feed back to me. And whilst many of them do work inside organizations, I know others don't work inside organizations. They work around organizations, they work freelance, or they have their own businesses and they're entrepreneurs. And the beauty of these concepts is that they apply, you know, in all walks of work. They may require a little bit of translation, but they are just as important. And I have to remind myself, and I often remind clients of a personal experience here. When I was a young manager and I was about to deliver, design and launch a huge talent program for 5,000 staff at KPMG. And I remember my boss at the time saying to me, 50% of your time needs to be on delivering this project. The other 50% needs to be spent on stakeholder engagement. Otherwise, there's no point in doing the work. And at that point, I had transitioned from consulting where I was very task-based in the sense that my sole responsibility was to make sure that projects were delivered. So I'd be managing teams, but I would be mainly focused on making sure they were delivered. There was a certain amount of stakeholder engagement with the client and with the different groups involved in delivery but it certainly was not 50-50. And that was a real wake-up call for me. You know, because it was an internal project, there was that, and because it was on such a large scale, my then wise and experienced boss put it in those very black and white terms that this project will not be successful unless you have gone, gone round and really solicited the input, buy-in and involvement of the 
many stakeholders who will have to embrace and promote this offering that we're developing. And I think that ratio actually holds in a lot more circumstances than we might think. And had she not said that, I probably would have done something like 80% delivery and 20% and the engagement and take up of the program would have been far lower. That was a long time ago, but it had it's since then really shaped the way that I see our work as knowledge workers, as office workers, as people who are both delivering tasks, but also that has to work within the systems that we're in. And one of the simple switches uh, with clients is around thinking about, okay, well, how do you best engage with people? How do you interact? What is your personal style? So for some people, it comes very naturally to engage in inverted commas, traditional politics, and they, they, they're good at schmoozing. That's not the majority of my clients, but they're good with people. It's just that they have their own style and they haven't necessarily thought how they could use that in a way which helps them engage better with their systems. So the first thing that we spend time thinking about is, okay, organizational politics is not an appealing term for you. So what is, what, 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 what do you think would make you feel more positive about building more of this into your working life? And it might be you know, building relationships, it might be connecting, it might be, you know, just investing, investing in quality relationships, whatever you want to call it, think of a term for it that, that doesn't make you cringe and that doesn't sort of put your back up. That's the first reframe. And although it sounds simple, it does make a difference because then you know that you're doing something positive. And most of us do like engaging with people. We are social beings. We are we're social animals and we actually enjoy that part. And, and I think this is one of the best parts of engaging in um, connecting and relational aspects of our work. It's actually fun. Um, okay, when we have to spend hours and hours in meetings, that's not fun. But knowing that spending the extra 10 minutes chatting to somebody and maybe going a bit broader than just the task at hand and, and sort of understanding both their context more and connecting with them, these are actually the fun parts of work sometimes. So I think that's also a nice thing to acknowledge. The second piece is building on this idea of knowing your own style for engagement is you can consider doing some personality assessments. So I often work with the Hogan, which is really good for understanding how you're likely to be perceived by others. But you can do simpler ones as well, like the Myers-Briggs, and this will just help you manage your own energy. So let's say that you are coming up higher on introvert, then you might realize that actually, you know, a lot of social engagement is going to drain you. And so you're going to save your energy for when it's most important when it comes to social interactions or after a lot of social interaction, you're going to make sure you've got time in your day for some re-energizing time um, alone. Understanding your preferences when it comes to interactions can be really helpful. So that's the second part. And then the third part that I'm going to touch on today is going to be about identifying a bit of a strategy for yourself. 
And I think people often in these leadership roles, they're very good at identifying strategies for the business and understanding, you know, the team strategy and the company strategy. And then when it comes to themselves, it can seem a little bit overwhelming. And actually, I want to just share a couple of very simple ways um, of getting more strategic about your relationships at work. A really simple question to ask yourself here is, who in this organization, or if you're not in an organization outside the organization, who could have the biggest impact on my career and the projects that I'm running at the moment? Who could act as a sponsor for me? And you may have one person springs to mind, or you might have three. Don't worry who they are, even if you have no relationship with them now. Just jot down those one to five names. Just doing that will start to shape your subconscious to look out for now opportunities to build your relationship with these individuals. But you've got to know who they are first. So that's the first step. I do also just want to add in for those people who are not currently working, might be in between roles, the same thing is absolutely relevant here. Who are people who could enable and open doors for you? So once you've jotted those down, I would then use another fantastic scale and just assess, you know, the strength of some of those relationships. It may be that you've jotted down three people and one of them you have a zero relationship with, but one you've actually got quite a strong relationship with. Just get a sense of where you are with these relationships. And then as a next step, just put yourself into their shoes for a minute and and think, okay, where what, what's on their mind right now? How can you be of help to them? Because you're then shifting your mental focus from worrying about asking them for favors and that they, they, you might think, oh, I'm not of any consequence to them, to actually putting yourself in, in their shoes and thinking about how you can be of service to them. And here I just want to give an example of a recent client where we went through this process and we identified a potential very important sponsor. And what my client realized is that to build that relationship with the sponsor, he had a sense that it would be great if he could take some external market knowledge to their meetings and their interactions. Now, he doesn't necessarily have all of that knowledge today, but he's committed to building that knowledge so that when he does have these interactions, they can be really high quality. And that is a lovely example of how these things don't happen overnight. And when you do that assessment and you think, okay, well, my relationships are not that strong, you might feel disheartened, but there's no need to feel disheartened here. It's a starting point and you've identified some of the areas where you might notice that they they might need your help or that you could be of use to them and you can slowly start to build up these pockets of expertise or knowledge or resource that can be valuable to your key sponsors. And that's really all I wanted to cover for today. So we've talked about the concept of organizational politics and why it's so important, whether you're inside an organization or out. And then we've talked about some simple steps to turning that into a bit of a personal strategy for you um, and realizing actually that it, it might be very simple and a starting point of just identifying the people that you may want to build your relationships with. 
this is a really good segue into next week's episode uh, where I am going to interview a, a friend and a coach and an author on how to have great meetings. Because once you have identified these people and you are then going to be thinking about how you can approach them and maybe have a call, the next question my clients have is, okay, what do I do in that meeting? So we're going to be talking all things meetings next time, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. And it will be a nice progression to this episode. So look forward to connecting with you then. And in the meantime, if you've got any feedback, don't hesitate to get in touch. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Golden Hour podcast. If you found it valuable, please forward it to others who you think might benefit from listening. And be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a rating or review as it really helps the show to grow. You can find me at Maya Goodka on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to what we cover in the episodes in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.